Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. I don't know if I'm brain dead, if I'm in some form of nostalgia. I don't I don't really know where I'm at right now. I know that my name is Travis McFalls, and I know that you're James Hamilton. Indeed. And that's a Dana for making herself known. As As she does. As she does. It in an opportune moment. Yes. At least she's getting out of the way early. She's probably in the same kind of melancholy we are in. Like, I just. We saw the disaster artist. We did. And we both left the theater just sort of. Uh, I, I don't really know how I'm feeling right now. And we're giving you for the first time, actually, we're giving you like a hot take. We just got out of the fucking movie. We decided to do this podcast right after because it was so crazy. Yeah. I, 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 I where do we begin? Where do we end? The disaster artist is based on, on, on the room, yeah. as you said. And um, the room was a movie paid for, directed, written, edited, created by Tommy. What's his name? Wizu, Wizu, Wizno, Wiz. Yeah, I've heard all kinds of pronunciations. Uh, I think it was like Wizo, Wiz, Wizu, Wizu, W I S E A U, Wizu. Anyway, they say it in the movie. I don't know how many times, and yeah, that's like the least thing you pay attention to. This was a self-financed movie that you know it's uh, gray, but it. People have the number pegged at around $5 million to make this movie. About five to six, yeah. And it grossed in its opening weekend on one screen, $1,800. $1, Many people consider it one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. Once again, we're talking Ed Wood level here. Because it was Hollywood production budget. He Was it one of like the first movies, too, that was shot in both film and digital? Yes. Okay, let me ask you this. Going into it, did you think it was going to be a parody? Like, what did you even expect from this movie? I was expecting like sort of like a parody. When I saw that James Franco was involved and I saw some of the teaser trailers and, and him depicting Tommy, I was a little apprehensive to go see it. I've been to movies about movies before and been really turned off. Like which ones? 
Uh, Be Kind Rewind was an example of movie that was about a movie making a movie. Ed Wood was a movie about a movie being made, you know, about a, a movie about a movie being made. The Big Picture, Boogie Nights, uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Boogie Nights pulled off a good picture there and it was in the porn business, but it really wasn't about any particular one picture per se. This is a funny movie, in fact, to kind of talk about uh, after the fact, because it's not really a movie you can spoil. Um, The Room was a bad movie. It has literally no plot to it. It's become kind of a cult classic. They're doing better, and from what I understand, the, the movie tours the country for midnight runs, and although I don't know that it's made all of its money back, it's oh, he's, I'm he's sure it has. It has to have. He's he, he had to have made some money selling the story and the script, and he's had to have made some money touring the movie by at this point. I know there's a merchant a, a merch thing going on with it. Yeah, it's sort of been. I mean, the Mystery Science Theater three thousand guys did it. Rift tracks. I mean, people. If you're into bad movies, like you know this. This there are this people is, that are into that, right? That just yeah. love bad movies. Yeah, me. <laughs> you know, Do for you? example. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. But that's I different. can tell you. I can tell you my favorite bad movie actor. It's Arch Hall Jr. Ega, mm-hmm. the Sadist, the no, Choppers. So literally nobody will know. Exactly. That. Exactly. But if you're a Mystery Science fan, you would. Right. I have to say though, watching the movie with you was actually just an experience of its own. The um, both of our reactions. So for me, being a bad movie fan, you know, we went to a theater where you can kind of like Barco lounge it, and I mean, just right from the beginning, I mean, I got comfortable. You may as well like give me some fucking nachos, a blanket. I was right at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those uh, red the the. They have a name AMC does for their chairs, the luxury lounger or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I would look over at you, and I mean, you just look like you were in physical pain. Yes. You, I, I, I thought it was the Mexican food that we ate beforehand. No, it is uh, very hard for me to watch a train wreck. I found it all. So I found you. Like I, I saw you contort. It's just. It was. It was so bitter. It was bitter to watch. It was so awkward and uh, the mistakes and the, it was just when you're rooting for someone and you just have to watch them fail, it's I, I liken it to a parent sending their child out to play hockey or a sport and they know that they're not really capable. They're not as graceful or as fast and, and you know, it's going to kind of turn into a negative experience for him. And you just watch him trooper out into that field. You're like, okay, Jesus Christ. I hope he can skate. Well, and that's what happens to Dave Franco's character, character, quote unquote, but Dave Cicito, his mom sends, you know, his mom basically (laughs) watches him say, mom, I'm leaving home. I'm going to Hollywood with this guy. And here comes Tommy pulling up in his Lexus. <laughs> and she's like, so where are you taking my son? Hollywood. How old are you? I'm your son's age. Oh, yeah. And I'm 14. Did it, you know, like I just turned 14 today. He's like, happy birthday. Yeah, it was a, it was one of the things I found that was scene by scene difficult was that 
the w- the way the screenplay was put together, they didn't make the failures a surprise, and they also didn't line them up for you so that you could kind of warm up to it. It was just suddenly awkward. Yeah, and it was always awkward. There were nude scenes that were uh, the down and dirty, rough side of production that were just like, holy shit, he's really got his genitals in a brown bag and he's walking <laughs> around the set. <laughs> or, um, And he's like acting like it's no big deal. Yeah, or, you know, stupid things like trying to be a perfectionist about things that, you know, aren't, aren't typically handled at that point in the movie. Or, yeah. Or, or just, well, and then you had the jealousy themes that would uh, actually play a big part in the movie. Well, kind of, well, I don't know that you can really say any theme played a big part in the movie because you had the breast cancer thing that just went nowhere. Thinking back to the movie and, and, you know, we're fresh out of it. Yeah. So part of the genius is that as you're watching the disaster artist, it is step for step the movie about the room. Yeah. And it somehow stands above a bad movie as a great movie. Yeah. And that is a trick that uh, that that's craftsmanship to be able to do that. And the fact that James Franco not only directed this film, but he and his brother were the two leads. Right. That was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I, for me, I kept um, liking it back to Bowfinger. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Steve Steve Martin, Martin, Eddie Murphy, you know, like sort of this comical bad movie about making a bad movie. But this one came across as a little more sincere. Mm -hmm. Just you really did feel the bond between these two friends as what would you call it? Just strange as it, you know, but I mean, have you not had that one friend? I mean, where, where it's just, you know, like the pinky swear thing. Or you just, ah. you couldn't tell if uh, because they were sort of mentor apprentice sort of a relationship where um, you had the younger guy looking up to this older guy who was standing out in his life like holy cow this guy has got the courage to go after his dream and you sort of realize that the older guy needs the charisma and the appetite of this younger guy to pursue his own dreams and as that pendulum swings back and forth as they sort of play on their relationship back and forth through the movie. Right. Cause then, yeah, you see the younger guy seems to have it all. Like he instantly goes and gets set up with a fucking, um, an agency, but then he's not getting callbacks. Yep. And the old guy's taking heat for being old or being different or, um, not speaking English so well. And, and sort of, you know, you can, you get a sense these running from his own problems. Yeah. And as you, as the poor script of the room starts to reveal itself through the movie, as they're making the movie, the room, yeah, you begin to realize that Tom, this is a life story for Tommy, and a lot of what's been going on real time has somehow found its way into the script, and that's part of why it's such a mess because this guy's just ill-equipped to deal with all of life's little disappointments and he just sort of barfs it all out in the script and then takes this fortune that nobody knows where he got it from and dumps it all into this movie. And, and he tries to do it all right. And it's, I mean, it's so bad. It's It's terrible. So bad that by the end of the movie, 
they're showing you them shooting the movie next to the actual movie and they there's no need to see the movie they nail it right because we were going to do this experiment tonight where we were going to go see the movie and then we were going to re-watch the room just to sort of like hey, hey, hey how'd it go we walked out of that theater and we were just like do i i i remember asking like do you need to do you need to watch the room tonight jim yeah, no, nope. it was not necessary. Yeah. I think what stood out from the movie for me was I I left it realizing that it probably didn't have a ton of different plays for me. Like it wasn't something that I would some movies are good background movies, some movies are heartfelt and warm and you want to revisit them to kind of pull an emotion forward. It was sort of dark. Like I don't know yeah. that I want to like re-pull that emotion again. It was a dark. But, you'd have to be a kind of a fan of this very particular type of plot. Yeah. I, I don't want to re-pull that emotion, but I'm glad that I went through it. Does that make sense? He is probably, uh, you know, I'm always apprehensive to say this kind of shit, but he's probably looking at a nomination for it. Tommy. I would say that James Franco is looking at a nomination. Franco, Frank. Franco, excuse me. Yeah, um, or whoever put the movie together. I could see him getting a best actor nod or a director nod. He directed this? Yep. I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. This might not do big bucks, but it's a quality flick. Yeah, and it's a fucking shame that it's only playing in select theaters. We had to drive out to not... Well, we had to drive out over towards my place to see the movie, so kind of bumfuck. I kind of like checking out new theaters, though. That was kind of a neat little theater you got over there. Do you yeah. go to that one a lot? I'm going to from now on. Yeah, knowing that they're going to play shit like that. Yeah, I'll be going to that theater more often. We kind of had a tough time finding this in theaters. It, this, it wasn't released wide to everything. Some mm. have it, some don't. Well, technically, it came out a week ago. Like It came out on December 1st, but we weren't able to see it here in Minnesota. They had a one theater this week, which... The two of us going to like that, what the fuck is it? Like the artsy downtown theater? Yeah. Yeah. The art district. Yeah. I mean, you know, day jobs. It wasn't going to happen. No. So um, it then it released into some selected theaters on December 8th tonight. Um, It was a, what, three quarter full theater about? Yeah, about, and, but I liked it that way because the audience was great. Yeah, they liked it. You could hear people laughing and enjoying it. Yeah, and you could tell people would watch the room. Like there were certain scenes that would come up. They're like, "Oh shit!" I remember. I can't remember what the fucking part was, but I just remember just like laughing and going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then instantly, then you had like the reverberation echoes of like everyone else laughing, going, "Yep, are you fucking kidding me?" It was a it was a good experience. I'm I'm glad we went. Um, on other subjects for this week, well, I guess before we jump to other subjects, can we get a rating on you? Let me ask you two questions. Would you recommend the movie to a friend? Yes. Do you? Think- I would. Okay, I would recommend the movie to a specific friend, and that specific friend would be the type of person like you or I that would watch the room or that would watch B movies. So they'd have to be a fan of film, you feel like, to want to watch yeah. and appreciate it. I, okay. I, I, I think fair. like someone like my dad who goes to Michael Bay films, no. Probably bored in it? Yeah. 
All right. So for, I wouldn't say film snobs, but say film fans, you would recommend it and you would give the picture for yourself and taste of what? One out of 10. What did I give Alien? Don't try to don't try to do that. If you try to, <laughs> well, James Franco was in that. I know, but if you try to say, well, I gave <laughs> for half, a I second. gave Alien a six and a half, and I gave the Disaster Artist an eight um, and a for half. This, They're different this, types of flicks. Well, Bowfinger is a dear movie of mine, and then, so I would put it sort of in that niche, 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 niche. Um, eight point five. Eight and a half. Yeah. So not Eight. an A, but a strong B. 85%. Okay. I would have given it a seven and a half. That's a that's a generous grade for you. That's a higher score. You're like me. the cruel professor I that am. like yeah. kids like I hope I hope like when they take your class you grade on a curve. <laughs> <laughs> to me though, a seven and a half isn't a C. To me, a seven and a half is a is quite an accomplishment. So you grade on a curve. You're like my fucking botany 101 professor. Well, I call it what you want. I just, I feel like an average movie is a C and an average movie is somewhere around a five. Okay. See, I, I, I find a 75, like a 7.5, that's an average. I find a D minus to be a gentleman's F, which would be a six. Yeah, I don't, I don't grade like that because I find that I lose sort of one, two, three, four, five. And, uh, art, whenever I look at art or I look at a comic book or a song or a movie or, you know, shit, it can be fashion, anything that's kind of held to the scrutiny of your opinion of someone else's work, uh, having done a lot of the work myself, having, having tried to make things, yeah. um, particularly when you're trying to make them from scratch, you don't have all the fancy tools. I can, uh, I can appreciate what it means to have a limited budget. Yeah. I can see, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, those people nailed it. They nailed it. They They fucking nailed nailed it. it. They nailed it. And I mean, even just in the sense, I think there's a little Tommy in all of us in that sense that like, you know, you want to do something, but you don't, you're in over your fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. And he was, and, and even that character, I mean, you, you see uh, Franco play him and it's amazing. It is amazing work. See, I thought Dave Franco, see, as, as great as James Franco was, I think Dave Franco is going to get undersold on this one. Yeah, because his the problem was is that his character uh, was built on somebody that was kind of light and kind of young and kind of kind of the straight man in a way. Yeah, but I I, I mean in a, in a way you know you've got your Abbott and your Costello, but you know I mean the straight man. I mean the way he played it was just he. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from me. He did a great job. Yeah, and the reason that I got to admit like. Um, as good as James Franco was, a lot of my attention was on Dave Franco. I thought Dave Franco did a great job balancing that character. He did. Cause that's a fucking tough character to do. I mean, just think about it. The, the it, I think it was almost easier for James Franco. Cause all he had to do was, you know, direct the movie and, uh, you know, throw himself into this, you know, um, 
how would you put it? This um, um, eccentric sort of being. Whereas Dave Franco, he he had to like kind of slide more emotion into that. You know, he had to balance the girlfriend. He had to balance, you know, the the loyalty of being a friend. I don't know, man. You're, you're. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I found myself watching Dave Franco a lot. That may that may have been for you. And like I, I said, uh, art art touches us all differently. But yeah. I can tell you if James Franco did steal the show. If you and I had these two characters, I'm, I'm, to I guess play. I guess I'm just trying to. I'm not trying to undercut James Franco. What I'm trying to tell you is Dave Franco fucking nailed it. Like the two of them together. It was a good combo, especially being brothers working together in a picture like that. They did a fabulous job. Yes. Uh, James Franco, though, if his character wasn't as big and wasn't as ridiculous and wasn't as lost, I mean, he's so lost Yeah. and uh, so vulnerable that it made Dave Franco's character who was also lost and vulnerable. It really, it really made space for him. He really did a good job making space uh, for Dave to, to have that character, I thought. And so um, from that standpoint, I see it, but you know, where, where the movie lost ground with me, when I recommend a movie based on what specific audience is going to enjoy it, they immediately start to take away points because when you have to be kind of a nerd to like it, yeah. When it becomes a niche audience, it sucks because I know you guys want us to use our words and be, but I mean, I'm just like, it was great. It was awesome. I don't know what to tell you. Well, no, I don't think so. I think you've done a good job of, uh, and I hope I have too, of pulling some of the life that you would expect to go see this because you aren't going to walk in to the disaster artist and be just laughing at a failure. It doesn't, yeah, and it's and, very real from the beginning, right? And that was the thing because, like, there's times where you're going, like, should I be laughing at this? And there's other times where you're like, that should be funny, but like, I, I like would watch you like almost in physical pain, like agonizing. I can't, yeah, like I can't laugh, and I'm kind of going like, yeah, it, it's not laugh out loud, but you internalize it, and it's almost relatable. Yeah, where you're like, man, yeah, yeah, I oh god, I remember that time I screwed the pooch. Power, yeah, the power trips, power trips, and the inter, yeah, and the inner relationships and dynamics and what it means to be friends and and uh, what you know how you can be doing something for someone and actually be using them even though you're doing something from them. Yeah, and just I don't know that I felt like he used. There's a lot of dynamics. Yeah, he used a, 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 a he used a lot of his his uh, best tricks to pull that out of his hat. I mean, it was, it was a quite a job. Yeah. It was quite a job. And even for, you know, the type of thing that they did, I would still, you know, I would put them in the higher echelon for what they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, but at the same time though, at the same time, <laughs> You're I was just going, fuck, I walked out of that movie and I looked at him like, do you feel high? Yeah. I, yeah. You had to like, it's like, I kind of do. It's disorienting in a way. Yeah. We had no pregame. We didn't pregame this at all. No. Uh-uh. We came straight from work, had dinner, watched the fucking movie, not even a cocktail at dinner. And like, I, yeah, I just, and I'm still, like, I'm still feeling it. 
just yeah. like they what? took you into that world and they didn't really let go of you. And by the time you got out, you were like, man, it almost feels like, uh, it feels like something's off in my own world. It's just really <laughs> yeah. weird. I'm, I'm just, something's off kilter. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to explain it. And it's not that like you asked, like, do you feel high? I'm like, I don't feel high, but I, I, I feel different. Yeah. I feel different. I feel strange. Well, we do have the Christmas episode coming up. Yeah. Are we going to uh, invite Obi to join us? I think we should. Um, you know, this time of year, he's an empty nester now. So he might have the humbugs. Maybe we can cheer him up. We should try to incorporate uh, some of the people that help us on a regular basis. Maybe on the New Year's Eve we bring um, either Scott and Cheese or try to see if Stewie's available or whatever and kind of go through the, the year in review or maybe the year we expect for New Year's Eve. What would you think about that? I'd be cool with that. Um, actually, while you mentioned Stewie, just quick little... Um, uh, well, he's got some... Let's Yeah, let's keep it because, uh, you know, privacy yeah, and such. Yeah, exactly. But he's, um, he's had some... Good luck, Stewie. Yeah, he's had a tough break and we wish you luck. You know, our... Uh, Show love goes out to uh, Mr. Stewie and his family. They're uh, having some uh, obstacles, and uh, we just we just recently heard about them, and I don't know how to be any more bland about it, but uh, yes. Yeah. So. Maybe love. he can join us, maybe he can't. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, got a, a lot re- going on. Regardless, we love you, guy. Um, Man, I was... Uh, the movie, you know, just was it. it I'm having trouble moving forward. I'm telling you, if, if <laughs> no. you go see this movie, you'll know what I mean. It's the weirdest anchor around your leg. Yeah, <laughs> it just sort of makes you dumb. You, you, you can't talk. I've had a very hard time using my words this show. So going with the, uh, you know, we have the Christmas show coming up. Yeah, um, I have, I have something where life has attacked me. Oh, and I don't know if other people have this happen or whatnot, but um, as you know. Doll and I don't have children. Right. Uh, so when it comes to getting the house decorated and prepped, there isn't that motivation sitting there to kind of push you forward to do it. I've noticed. We have a lot of decorations. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. On, um, you know, the day after Christmas, we go get the tree. It took me a couple of days to actually take the tree from the tree lot, get it all prepped, get it in the house, get it up. So we did that. I don't know about what's it been about eight days. I guess. Yeah. And uh, we're having uh, what started out as just kind of a, should we do this? Should we do that with the lights? Because we have a lot of tree lights that weren't lighting up, which is why we didn't immediately wrap the tree with lights. Mm -hmm. It opened up a discussion about, well, why do you get to choose what the tree looks like? I kind of like a funky tree, lots of colors. I'm not really into the LED. And, you know, as you drive around town and you see LEDs on trees, there's sort of a funny... I don't know. It feels kind of like a cheap plasticky kind of, it's not very warm light that comes out of LEDs. It's real like bam in your face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like the tree all done up like that. I kind of like the old school sort of understated lights. Right. But I do like a couple strands of just weirdness, whether it's a snowflake that, you know, throbs a bunch of different colors or you remember those little bubblers that probably those seventies bubblers where, um, uh, it had like a little vial of water on the end of them. Do you remember those lights? I didn't get to see those. No, I wasn't around for that. I came around in the eighties. They would have still been around. I mean, they, people had them forever. They look sort of like candles all over your tree, but they had little water bubble bubblers. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I like those. We had these. Uh, we had these lights that were the size of baseballs and softballs that would sort of pepper the tree to give yeah. it some personality. I like that stuff. Well, lo and behold, this year, Dolls like, well, I don't like that. Oh, I said, well, what do you mean you don't like that? We've been doing the tree like this all the time. I like a classy looking tree. She says. I was like, well, what a, what's a classy looking tree? And she's like, I don't like all those funny. You know, I want it to look good. So uh, I want to put some LED on it. She wants to dress it up. And that's what was my what was my thought. I'm like, God, you don't really want all of these. Because last year we did try some LEDs. And I don't know if you remember last year's tree, but it was real bright. Yeah. So um, she says, no, I want to do the tree in all white, all white lights. That's going to really hurt the eyes. Well, not only will it be bright, but <laughs> doesn't every drugstore have that tree? I mean, though, just the white standard one light tree. Yeah. She's like, well, we always do the tree the way you like it. I want a white Christmas tree this year. I want it to be white lights. I said, well, how about we do colored lights and we'll just take some of that spray stuff, you know, the spray snow, and we'll make the tree itself kind of white. And then you can, you know, do what you want with that. Oh, no, no, she wants the white lights. So I start dragging my feet. I'm kind of getting out our old lights, plugging them in, leaving cues that, you know, I don't really want to do this. Well, days are passing. So you're like, kind of like, I've heard stories of your father on Christmas maybe even previewing the Christmas show here. I don't know. But like, doesn't your father like mumble under his breath? He's a grumbler. Yeah. yeah. Are you a grumbler? I, I, I would probably put that question to her. I, if I do, it's probably just like my dad. I don't notice it and it's my stress reliever. But uh, I am, I, I, I kind of, when I don't get my way, I'm kind of like, fine, you do it. Okay. You know, you go buy the lights and you do it. I've seen you do that before, yeah. 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 Travis, I don't like the direction this show's going. You know what, Travis? You do the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I can be kind of pouty that way. Or just frustrated with the fact that, you know, you've got a particular way you want it done. And if you want the tree to look like that and you've got the vision, well, you lead. Then do I'll it, follow. Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> so the days are passing. And as you can see up in our living room. Many of the decorations are still not up. The tree is bare. I was about to say. We're just watering this <laughs> fossil in our living room. And uh, so on on Wednesday, we get a we get a break in the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying out some of my light strands that I like. And I can tell she's dropping a lot of hints that she really wants the tree to be her tree. And you know, her white lights. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this, but the old school lights that you would think by now have become so common and so over manufactured that they should be completely cheap. You know, white old school lights, non-LED. No, that's vintage now, right? Yeah. It was $30 a strand or something. What? At Target. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. $30 a strand. So our Christmas tree light also went out for the count. Tried replacing all the bulbs. So... It was a $127 trip to Target to get the white lights. Why do you the, uh, spend money on this? This is just something that's going to sit in your house and die for two weeks. Well, what baby wants, baby gets. So if she wanted it, I went out and got it, brought it home. I'm like, all right, it's 8.50 or something Wednesday night. I'm like, let's let's do this. Now, she doesn't know I've bought white lights. She just thinks I've bought the lights I want. Okay. And right away when she comes in, she's like, oh, man, I'm so, can we just sit down for a minute? I'm tired. I've been cooking all night, blah, blah, blah. And just take a break before we do this tree decoration thing. Mm-hmm. It's signaling to me that she doesn't, she's not, she's still not excited about putting my lights up. Right. 
So I'm like, fine. Now I'm kind of pissed, right? I bought her lights. Now yeah. she doesn't want to decorate because she thinks I've got my lights. And so I'm on the I'm on the couch. I'm just playing games. And she's like, you're not real sociable. I was like, no, I'm just, you know, waiting for us to get started decorating the tree. <laughs> she's like, well, how about we do it tomorrow? I'm like, well, I'm busy tomorrow. I can't decorate the tree tomorrow. Oh, well, maybe we'll find time this weekend. That's right. You've got your fucking dart league on Thursdays. Right, and play darts on Thursdays. And then Fridays, you know, we have our thing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and, you know. That's just how it goes. Yeah. And so we're looking at, you know, further days down the calendar. And as she's slipping upstairs, she realizes that I've bought her lights. <laughs> and now she's she's semi-interested in decorating the tree at like 1030 at night. I, and now I'm uh, already pissed off, right? I'm like, you're, st- and am I selfish? Because it's been kind of, and, and, and to say it's been my way that we've decorated the tree would be an overstatement. I was about to say, I don't see her not having a say in the way things go down with the tree. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, she's, she's making a, a power play. Yeah. Yeah. She's making a power play. <laughs> so now th- what you see is evidence in our living room is really this passive aggressive argument that is played out <laughs> in an undecorated tree. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the great thing about these Minnesota passive aggressive arguments is the results are on the fucking tree. Yes. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing. nothing. And as you can see behind you, that's kind of our our decorations. Uh, and, and behind Travis's boxes of like LED snowmen and old houses and full-size Santas. You got a mummy, <clears throat> uh, a that, witch. That's, that's, that's Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> that's Halloween. Oh, but over in that corner, those are the rejected, I'm no longer into those decorations. What? The, the reindeer with the antlers? Yep. That yep. guy's... That guy's cute. She's sick of them. She's sick of them. Now, here's the thing. You've seen the amount of Christmas decorations we have upstairs. How do I get rid of this shit? Like, this was once our prize, like, oh, we bought this together thing, and now it's yesterday's news. We got to get rid of it. Find a band that's looking for a kitschy uh, stage show. A Christmas decoration. There's bands out there that would do it. Do you have something a little less labor intensive? No. Just throw it away. Um, throw away the memories, you cold bastard. I wouldn't Craigslist. Well, you know, if you give it to a band, you know, the memories will live on for a little bit in their stage show. Now you're in a you're in a single house, all single. I'm not men. taking your shit. I, don't, I don't don't move your shit from your place to mine. Fair. And I wasn't going that way, but that's an excellent idea. Do you guys decorate? No. No tree. No tree. Any in-house gift exchange? No. Um, not a lot of Christians in my house. Do you guys just party for the holiday? You're like, hey, this is going to be our Christmas party night like you do with Thanksgiving where there's a dinner? Uh, Christmas Eve, we'll get a little funky. Christmas Eve, okay. And then uh, Christmas Day, uh, we're thinking about doing a ham. Okay. I'm thinking, because I'm thinking, typically I'm the one that picks because I'm the one that buys the meat. Mm-hmm. And then Grumps prepares. So this year I want to do ham, although someone brought to my attention prime rib or a roast. Would be good, but uh, I can't. I can't afford prime rib this year. But that, that's that's expensive. A it's really? not expensive. It's not. No. no. If you and Grumps bought a big standing prime rib, you might be forty bucks in. Okay, I can get away with the ham at twenty bucks. You're cutting corners when you're treating yourself. What if the next day you go out and die in a car accident? And you were that's shaving true. pennies. That's, that's celebrate true. Travis. Yeah. But Travis just celebrated himself by dropping $740 on his fucking car again. Oh, the goddamn car. So it's ham this year. Is this a foreign car? It's a Yeah, it's a German car. Aren't they supposed to just run forever on a relatively no maintenance or TLC? And all I hear about is this goddamn car. 
Yeah. Well, you know, she's getting old. Yeah. So, you know, and the problem is it's just like a little thing here, a little thing there. Problem is the parts for this bitch cost so much money. I mean, the labor. I go to your mechanic. Now our mechanic. Our mechanic now. Great fucking guy. Great guy. Honest mechanic, which is hard to find. Oh, worth their weight in gold. When you find an honest, good mechanic, I... I wouldn't trade him for fucking anything. Little uh, life pro tip. Uh, never go to a mechanic whose store or shop is got honest, wise, or saver in his shop's title. So like honest one or oh, fuck honest, honest pro. One. Or- I'm just going to tell you right now. Honest one. <laughs> fuck them. Do not go to any honest one auto shop if you live in the Minnesota area or if you have one in your state. Not real honest. It's not honest at all. They fucking slow job me. <laughs> And uh, specifically, I'm calling you out, Honest One, Egan, Minnesota, off Diffley Avenue, right there. Wow, going right after them. Go fuck yourselves. There's some some open wounds there. Now, we don't want to go with your car again attacking you for life. Did did life attack you in a way? Anything? Well, you know my fucking car. Right. That was brief, though. Our Um, our man uh, got you in and out of that jam quickly. And obviously there was the money problem because you're now a seven hundy down. Right. So now I went from like possibly like, like prime rib to a ham dinner for Mm -hmm. Christmas. So that's upsetting, but I wouldn't call it attacking. I was rear ended. That was fucked up. Yeah. I was rear ended. The car again. The car again. You know, it just, it's kind of just going back to the fucking car this week for me. Do you feel like you have a healthy relationship with your car? Because I feel like it's, you guys are now on the outs. I used to. It used to be great the way we were. The way we were. Now it's just shit. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, she's on her way out. She knows she's going. She knows she's going. So, you know, when I, when I, when I take a little care of her, you know, she treats me all right. Then all of a sudden gets a little cold out. She doesn't like the cold. Take her out in the cold and that's when she gets angry with me. Did you notice that I did not decorate the house this year? There's no lights on the outside of my house. And remember I was giving you shit last year during the, the shows about decorating and this and that and how you got to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now we had really nice weather leading up to the holiday and There's, I had more than enough opportunities you to You had a large fucking window. Right, right. Well, this year... Uh, the family's kind of decided that we're not going to really do a lot, a lot of gifts this year. Not a lot of gift exchange. And I'm a little, I'm a little childish about it. Like, okay, well, if we're not going to be doing the gifts and the regular Christmas, cause everybody's got their own things this year going on. Well, fuck it. Let's just skip it. I just skip it. Let's just skip that part of it. I don't want to be outside and, you know, cold weather, taking all of the shit down. I don't want to pay for the extra juice to have the lights up. I've gotten kind of kind of grinchy about it almost to the point where it's like, I just want it to be over with. Actually, you just sound pragmatic to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you're single. (laughs) It just, it sounds practical, (laughs) but you only have so many Christmases in a lifetime, right? I mean, shouldn't you try to make the most of all of them? I suppose. But I mean, what are you doing? You're just bringing joy to some other assholes, kid. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of festive to drive home, running up the juice on your house to have something festive, you know? No, you're being you're being practical, Jim. I'm trying to be. Now we decorated. Welcome, welcome to the light side. My mom's birthday is on December third, and so the whole family got together and decorated her house because we you know try to take some of the. That's kind of where everything take happens a little onus off of her. Yep. Yeah. So we put the lights up outside. You know, risk life and limb to get them high and to you know 
do that whole thing. And by the time I was done with that on a Sunday and I was looking at doing our own project, it was also revealed to me that the secret Santas and the gift exchanges and all the things that would kind of go around our large family were all kaputs. Now my, my, my folks are going to, are going to focus on grandchildren. They want to, they want to, you know, cause um, the kids are young and make sure all the right, kids have right. more memories. And I, I, I totally get this, right? Cause most of the stuff that I want as an adult are outside my grasp. And if they're within my grasp, I've probably already bought it. You know, if I want to drill or whatever, I probably already got it. That's what I tell people. Like when they go, I'm like, <laughs> look, trust me, if I want it, I've already probably bought it. You know, like throughout the year, I'm a grown man. You know, when I get extra scratch, I'll go buy my fucking self that thing that I want. Yeah. I'm not holding out all year for fucking Christmas for you. You know what I mean? Waiting for you to buy me a fucking game. Yeah. Or a jacket or gloves yeah. or any of those yeah. things. And I'll go out and fucking get it myself. And, and when, when the years have come where I couldn't afford those things uh, or, you know, was, was kind of in a spot where, I mean, we all have those cycles where yeah. you're not as wealthy or flush throughout the year. Yeah. I found that I probably didn't really need what I thought I needed. So now I'm my, my wife and I will do a small exchange. So okay. you're talking like, you know, a couple hundred bucks at, at the most kind of exchange. Right. And she wants a list for me. She wants me to put together a list. And I've got to now decide, oh, okay, well, I filled this list out for you. What exactly is it that I, okay, well, I could use some new socks. Okay, great. That's boring. Yeah. Um, if I give her anything that's too nerdy, you know, like, well, I'm missing this comic book and that comic book and it needs to be in a certain condition. And, and there's just no way. Yeah. I had a girlfriend once that, you know, I was, there was a talking heads album that I was out for and she got me said talking heads album, but it was a cut edition, which is back in the seventies when they had like a surplus. Uh, if you ever see a record that has like a little kind of slice through it, like on the side, that's a cut edition. So it means like they overproduced them. And so it's basically just a cheapo version of it. And then like I asked her what she paid for it and she overpaid for this cut edition of the record. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and just ru yeah, ruined the present and ruined, you know, and to her credit, you know, she went out, she got what I wanted, but she didn't really get what I wanted. And now you're the asshole. And now I'm the asshole. Yep. Yep. So that cuts out sort of, you know, your hobby kind of gift that you yep. want to be given. And I mean, it's kind of like, you know, do you tell someone if they're like, hey, all right, I'm just running to Taco Bell real quick. You know, that's kind of like um, giving them special directions. You know, you order that burrito with no beans on it. I would say over 50 percent of the time I'm expecting that burrito to come back with beans on it. Yep, they just don't nail the details. Yep. Or forget about it. I mean, they're just not familiar with it. They exactly. understate yep. how important it is. Yep. So then I was saying to her, well, what, maybe we should just buy a, a trip, you know, we'll go someplace close, you know, go someplace in the United States, but we'll just kind of like check you and a me out. You yeah. and me, we'll go do something. She's that like, well, I want to do that anyway. And I don't want to wake up Christmas morning and not have something. Obviously there's something you want. Give me a list. Huh. So now I'm kind of reaching. I'm basically buying shit that wouldn't be in my wheelhouse of regular use. So you're just like firing in the dark here? Well, I mean, you know, yeah. Well, maybe I could use this tool or maybe I want this game or maybe I want this movie. But if I really wanted them and I really thought I was going to get a lot of play out of them, I would have already gone and bought them. Bubble hockey. See, that's over the budget. Yeah, I know. And it's heavily I was actually, dependent on having somebody to play bubble hockey with. That's true. I was actually talking with a pharmacist and, you know, pharmacists make good money. Mm -hmm. And even the bubble hockey was out of out of his price bracket. 
And he's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, Daddy Warbucks over here? <laughs> exactly. We, uh, we played some bubble hockey recently. <laughs> yeah, it was great. They were, uh, we, what did we play? We played best of three. Yeah. And the took- first game I snuck. Yeah. The second game, he just killed me. Yeah. Just killed me. It was like, was it 11 to two or something? It was bad. It was, everything was going in for you. <laughs> yeah. And the third game, I prevailed you with prevailed. like a nine, three something yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You came out. lopsided. Yep. Yeah. That was fun though, but it was, it was. We have some unfinished business. We have a lot of unfinished We need to business. take like 10 bucks up there and just fucking night a bubble hockey. 10 bucks. I'm saying 20 bucks. 10 <clears> bucks each. Was it a buck a game? It's a buck a game. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You're probably more. Ten bucks a piece, yeah. Ten bucks a piece. Help that guy pay for his bubble hockey machine. I would, I would love if if that was in the the wheelhouse. That would be but, so great. But when you're looking at twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars, depending on how you want to customize the machine. Good God! Do you like it when other people buy you clothes? It depends on the person. Uh, my sister, yes. My sister, she's she knows how to pick out clothes for me. Okay. Um, and actually, believe it or not, actually the. The women in my family are great at picking out clothes on my mom's side of the family are amazing. Like my mom, my grandmother, even if she like throws out a sweatshirt or a shirt on Christmas for me, it's usually pretty choice. The fit is the problem. Like how they fit me. Okay. See my family, they're, they're good with that. Like they just, they've got to know, cause I've been particular for so long that they just know it by now, I guess. I have a, I had a standing rule forever. I don't want anything that's cloth. I don't want any clothing. I don't want any jackets. I don't want any, I don't want any of that stuff. That's not what I want for Christmas. Just <laughs> if you're going to, if you're resorting to buying that for me, just give me a gift card or just skip it all together. See, when it comes to jeans, I'm very specific jeans too. I've got a very specific cut of Levi's that I like and you know, and then my size and then color shoes. You got to ask for a very specific model. You shoes, can't just I'm give me specific. any shoes. Yeah. So that, that kind of, you know, tightens things up. Cause clothing's always a good throwaway. Well, I'll give me a shirt. You know, I'll use the shirt. I know right. I'll use the shirt. I'll throw an old shirt away. I've got plenty of blankets. I really need, I need something to put on the list that I, what can you think of that I don't have or need that should be around here outside of bubble hockey? Kind of in a $200 range. Oh, fuck. Bubble hockey's times 10. No, wait. Yeah. Fuck. All I've got is bubble hockey on the brain now. How about a sleeping bag? I don't camp. You don't camp. I was thinking about an old school record player, but then that comes with the added expense of buying records, which I don't have. Yeah. So and right now they're fucking way too expensive. Well, you're shopping in the wrong places, Dimwit. Best Buy? I mean, how about- Nobody buys records. Anybody that actually fucking buys records doesn't go to fucking Best Buy to buy records. You do if you're a noob. I'm a noob. I don't right. know. Well, if you get a record player, tell you what, we'll take a Saturday. We'll take a Sunday. I'll take you to some places. I will show you the way. They take up so much space. And every time I want to switch a track, I get up, go to the machine, that's, lay the needle back down. I don't find that cathartic. That's or why romantic. you listen to a fucking side. I you know, they used that. to make, uh, you know me, I'm just way too impatient. Like the people that yeah, talk yeah, about it, just you fucking talking about it. I, look at your fucking knees. I'm already ready to stop doing it. Look at your fucking it. knees. You just tap, 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 the wrong tap, gift tap, for me. Yeah. So you're not a record guy. You're not a record guy at all. Do you think I, I got excited for a minute? I I I almost welcome, brother. <laughs> you felt like you could see us like sitting in an area, sipping a, a an alcoholic beverage, consuming a side of an artist, couldn't you? Like you had built that romantic picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you know, you know, one week, you know, we go to the comic shop, then we go to the record store. Mm. I, I had a very fun day in mind. Go play some bubble hockey. 
I had a fun day in you mind. Built that right when I said, "Why don't I get a record player?" Yep, yep. I had a great day. You know that Lou Reed song? It's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with. That was going through my head. And then you got fucking anxiety over listening to one side of a fucking record. Well, I was right when I said record player, I was like, you know what I would like? I wouldn't mind Metallica Ride the Lightning. And then I was thinking about Metallica Ride the Lightning. I was like, you know, there's a couple songs on there that aren't, you know, they they were really mood breakers. It's not like a consistent work of art. We're going from some extremes from, you know, maybe I don't want to call a Cthulhu and just go right into Ride the Lightning. Actually, you know, ah, fuck though. That's going to be probably even more expensive than bubble hockey. What would go perfect with that fucking dartboard over there mm-hmm. is a goddamn jukebox. You mean like my iPhone when a Bluetooth speaker? I suppose. I suppose, <laughs> but it'd have more memory. Just saying. You know? 250 gig. What is that? Like 8,000 full? Just saying. Fidelity records? It'd be, it'd be sweet. You know, have a fucking jukebox. No, you get a digital jukebox that you can plug your iPhone into. All right. That's an idea. It's way more than our budget. You're not staying within the budget. Well, I'm just looking around your little fucking play world here. I'm trying to think what what it's missing. I was thinking about putting the big screen up. My dad gave me a big screen a couple of years ago, you know, like a a DLP high definition projector that he stopped using. It's probably like 12 years old or something. But, you know, we've got this 110 inch screen that sits nearby where we broadcast. I was thinking, you know, we could hook that up. And we could kind of put articles and things up if we ever decided to ever get around to that YouTube channel we threatened to do so many times <laughs> or put the, a, a live cut of the show on there. I was like, well, hey, we'd have something interesting for people to see that would be in the background, which got me thinking, well, hey, well, then maybe I'll get a video board, you know, some kind of a breadboard for video where we can kind of go back and forth from static cameras. And so right. while we're doing our thing, you know, we could have some production value to the whole deal, Yeah, yeah, yeah. which then I was like, well, what kind of cords do I need? Quickly just went out of the budget. Like we went from, well, maybe I could get this one used to, to unreal- unreasonable. Yeah. Fuck. Looking around here. I mean, does that, that, tra- no, no. And I've told you about my GoPro. I've got a GoPro and all it does is sit on my desk and look at me like, why I just sit here bored because you are so fucking boring. A snowboarder could have bought me. Yeah, somebody who does something could. I mean, like right now, I'm like, do you want to go on a live walk around the lake? Because that's pretty exciting. I'm like, no, I'm a GoPro, not a <laughs> little traffic camera, or you know, I'm, I'm all the time looking on YouTube. How can there you I go? Actually, my GoPro. Well, now there's probably already a YouTube segment on that. I was about to say, just put the fucking GoPro on my dash, then just you know, Travis in traffic. Which, which is a very good point, actually. You know, I was riding around recently with Obi, and we were trying to get a hold of you. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, he's real weird about talking on the phone while he's driving. He's real safe. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. I said, yeah, it's real strange. And uh, Obi's like, yeah, I've, I don't get it. And I said, well, why don't you get it? And he's like, well, I just, you know, it's not that big a deal to answer your phone while you're driving. And I said, well, that's not really what stands out in my mind is weird about it. He's like, well, what's weird to you about it? Well, he's kind of reckless in other areas of his life. And yet when he drives, he's all of a sudden super concerned with, you know, his safety. <laughs> you know, the guy will kill, you know, a 12er and in two hours and not worry about blacking out. But boy, he won't get in his car and answer the phone. You smoke. That's reckless. Yeah. I had a mystic once tell me that I'm going to die in a car wreck. So every other area of your life (laughs) suffers. Yeah, well, you know, it's going to happen anyway. But as long as it's not the car wreck, I'm proving that mystic wrong. You're like, okay, 
I want you to shotgun that and we'll smoke a few cigarettes in the morning. I'll get up. You block all up. Yeah. Don't call me on the phone. Don't you don't even fucking think about texting me. Yeah. You the, the other night we did a cast and after the cast, it was uh, inclement weather. Yeah. And you decided, nope, nope, not driving. Not at all. I got halfway down your block. Did it. Well, well, to be fair to me, when we started the podcast, it had been a nice 50 degree day raining, raining. Yep. And then we get out of the cast and it goes from raining to freezing and snowing. Yeah, that makes good road conditions. It was dangerous and it was slick. And yeah. granted, you and I live about 20 minutes apart from one another, At but I least. really felt like you could have weathered that storm. Mm, not when I got down. Like I got about halfway through your block, did a little brake check. My car just kind of went sliding a little bit. And I was like, nope, fuck you. Is there a car accessory I could be doing? Car accessory. There's something that I need. Well, for my I, I was car thinking your GoPro, under? your GoPro. You sort of nailed that on that. God, I'm boring. Like I pretty much go. Yeah, I could just see driving, like the YouTube segment, driving to work with Jim. <laughs> I want to play some Metallica. <laughs> and as we've yeah. said before, I don't like to give people any lottery tickets or scratch offs because if, if they, they win, hit, I'd be so jealousy. pissed. Yep. I would be so pissed. I'd be so mad. Um, I have cable. Maybe, maybe you should ask for the lottery tickets. Ah, I, I feel bad receiving it. Like I'm glad I won a is million Is there some dollars. sort of like a movie pass maybe thing that you could do for a year? Or is there like a cool show coming up you'd want to see? You no, know, I was thinking about software for the computer. I'll tell you what, we could use some little, if, if any lifers have any suggestions for good gifts for a guy in his 30s and 40s that uh, fulfills a within nice a two, gift. But $200 a, budget? Within a yeah, $200 yeah, budget, Something I'd like say. that. Something I'm not aware yeah. of that I might like. It's not a hard cap. $200 isn't a hard salary cap on it, but $200 range. I asked for Bitcoin one year when it was like $17 a coin, mm. and everybody, nobody could figure out how to get me Bitcoin. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want $100 in Bitcoin. Had that happened, you know, I'd have new truck money sitting right there. So yeah. you also have to be kind of considerate of how to obtain whatever it is. Right. You know, you can't say, well, it's probably worthwhile to have a, you know, brick from a pyramid in Mexico. It's hard to get. So yeah. I mean, it's got to be practical. I've always wanted a bar of gold from Fort Knox. $20 or $200 budget kills that. Yeah. Tickets to shit. Like that's real iffy. Are you available? Now you have to make yourself available. Does yeah. it become an obligation? Yeah. Rather than a good time. See, and then even like I was thinking like simple antiques, but once again, that's sort of like buying clothes for someone. It's very specific. Like I was, I actually went to a military surplus store the other day. Whenever I see one, I got to stop in because I got to see the kind of people in there. I like, you know. Yeah, it's and, a freak show. Yeah, I like it. And so I go in and uh, they're definitely Second Amendment guys in there. Yeah. Definitely pro Second Amendment. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I think we should be able to carry guns, but these guys pro 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 second amendment. Um, and for me, like I go in there and I'm looking for like vintage articles of clothing, like maybe like an old world war II 101st airborne jacket, something like that, you know, but I mean, that's something too specific to ask for. Like, you know, who the fuck's going to go out, look and know that it's world war II era, 101st airborne division, you know, jacket, no one, my niece and her boyfriend, they're in their, Late teens, early twenties, the two of them. They do was Christmas. The, was that the kid that used to run social media for us? Yeah, yeah, nice guy. Nick's a good guy. Yeah, Nick's done a lot of our uh, Facebook and our Twitter, and he set all that up. And yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, he's now since moved on to university. 
Yes. And his career, you know, he's very, he's way more mature than you or I are. Well, we'll probably end up working for him at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember meeting with him. Yeah. But he's a sophisticated and kind of a weird duck. Yeah. I don't, he, he's, I don't know. He, he's, he's almost uncomfortably mature. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kid, go out, make some mistakes. Right. Right. <laughs> Like Stewie? Yeah, like like go get your mistakes out. Now, this is when you get your mistakes out of you. That way you don't make the huge one in, when you're in your 40s and 50s. I picture Stewie that way, too. Like, if you'd have met Stewie at 19, pharmacist Stewie. Yeah. Would he have been a little awkward? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you A little to go. nerdy. I'm right? waiting for you to go into the impression. <laughs> I, I, I could just see it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they do Christmas a crazy way, and to me... There's no lists. It's just. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Buy me a gift. Define college, me. College doing now. Well, you know, if you mix this vodka with them. <laughs> I'll bet he didn't even get into that. <laughs> no, I bet you he did. He's a handsome cat, so I'm hoping that the girls would have flooded him and he, you know, just been busy with girls. I think he was drinking vodka back then. You think? He doesn't drink beer. We'll have to find out. He doesn't drink beer. He's He's sort of like you. He likes. He likes candy drinks. Hope uh, I'm behind that. So if you mix this vodka with uh, this schnapps, it just makes for an excellent recipe. You you can't even taste the liquor. Hopefully life just... Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah. You can't even taste it. Hopefully life is just poking at him and not attacking him. Yes, hopefully so. He'll come back and we can rib him on good terms. Yes, yes. But... Back to, my, back to my niece and Nick. Can you imagine buying without a list and then having the other person receive that gift... Because what they say to each other is, well, you know me well enough. Oh, Give me what I want. That never works. They love it. They never know what they're going to get. And they've either convinced themselves that what the other person got them is so heartfelt and, and they just like know one another that they just receive it. Like, thank we're, you. We're soulmates. Yeah. Yeah. I get gifts from people without a list. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is an actual Lego. This is the cheap Lego. Yeah, I don't want cheap it? Lego. I want real Lego. Yeah. Go bots. I asked for a goddamn transformer. Yeah. Yeah. Give me this shit. It's risky. Yeah. Like when they used to have fucking Ghostbusters and then, so then like the actual Ghostbusters then had to make their cartoon called the real Ghostbusters because another fucking cartoon came out and bought the rights to Ghostbusters before Ghostbusters could. It's that kind of shit. You can't stand for it. I can't. No. Well. You shouldn't. If you guys send us any suggestions, we'd appreciate it. As always, excuse me, as always, we've gotten uh, your emails and your comments and we appreciate them. Um, if you listen to us on SoundCloud, go ahead and comment on shows. Give us uh, likes. Facebook, I know the uh, the teasers for our shows that go out over Facebook are somewhat annoying, but I really, neither of us understand what the hell's going on there. So as they get posted, uh, they're shots in the dark. Yeah. We're just really just trying to let you know that a show came out. And because they give you, if, when you have a, a show page like ours, when we send something out, it actually tells us how many of you actually even got a chance to see it. Yeah. So if it's annoying to some of you that have gotten it and you're like, oh, stop doing that. It, it's only because not very many people saw it. We maybe put it up at a bad time. Yeah. Twitter, we don't really use other than to tell you, hey, a new show came out. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please do. Uh, it just takes a second to rate us. And that actually does really help. It really does help. And subscribing helps a lot. And we try to keep things consistent. We only put one show out a week. So if you could share us with your friends, like us, subscribe, help the show. That is uh, hugely, hugely helpful. And to our new listeners, thanks for giving us a shot. I was James Hamilton. I was Travis McFalls. Thanks for listening. 
why don't you follow us on Twitter at When Life Attacks or Facebook When Life Attacks Podcast. Or you can look directly at our blog, which is whenlifeattackspodcast.com. How was work today? Oh, pretty good. We got a new client at the bank. We'll make a lot of money. What client? I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life?